Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Gary Church Podcast from Gary Church here in Wheaton, Illinois. My name is Brian Jones, and I'm the part-time associate pastor. We are only able to gather 10 people a day in our sanctuary with masks on and social distance for safety. However, we are still able to stream worship live, online, on Sundays at 9 a.m., and for viewing any time afterward. You may also find our worship services at www.garychurch.org. This is the scripture from January 3rd, 2021, the second Sunday after Christmas Day and the first Sunday of the new year. The sermon is by our senior pastor, Rev. Dr. Chris Pearson. The message is entitled, What Can I Give Him? And our scripture is read by Cindy Platt. At Gary Church, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. Behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is so written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I may too come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's begin by offering a word of prayer, but before we do that, I do want to wish you a happy new year. Uh, We hope and pray that your Christmas time was filled with joy and laughter. Uh, It was wonderful seeing so many of you who gathered here at 7 o'clock, socially distanced and wearing masks as we sang together Silent Night. Uh, I would encourage you to go to our new Gary Church website and uh, just see a short video of that uh, on our website and uh, find your way around. Uh, It's a new user-friendly website. But with that said, let us go before the Lord in prayer. O God, you made of one blood all nations, and by a star in the east revealed to all peoples him whose name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Enable us to know your presence with us, so to proclaim his unsearchable riches, that all might come to his light 
and bow before the brightness of his rising, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit. And now, God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts truly be acceptable in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock and our redeemer, and our help comes from you. Amen. On the Pastor Brian podcast during the Advent season and leading up to Christmas, you had the opportunity, and I hope you took advantage of it, to listen in to the genealogy of Jesus. I loved having the opportunity to hear all the different voices from members of Gary Church, people from various ages and backgrounds, as they each took a part in reading that genealogy of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. But in Matthew's Gospel, he doesn't just say that it is the genealogy of Jesus. He says that it is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And I believe that what Matthew is doing is he wants us to know right from the start, right from the very beginning, just who this Jesus is. And Jesus is the fulfillment for him of God's promises. He is the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one who has come to save the people. But he is also the fulfillment of the promise that God made to David that there would be a descendant of his upon the royal throne throughout all time. And he is the fulfillment of the promise that God made to Abraham when God established a covenant and told Abraham to look into the stars of the heavens and that he would have many, many descendants, more than the eye could see, as many as the stars in the heavens. And so he wants us to know who this Jesus is right from the start, even though in the gospel, Eleven chapters later, there are those who are wondering if Jesus is the Messiah, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect another? But for Matthew, from the very beginning, he wants us to know that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the son of David and the son of Abraham, and that God has fulfilled God's promises through this Jesus. As Pastor Brian said at the end of that podcast in a compilation of all of those days, he said, I hope that you will never hear this part of the Jesus story in Matthew the same way again and that you see God's handiwork through it all. Indeed, that is a powerful statement, and that is my hope as well, that whenever we hear this genealogy of Jesus, that we will see God's handiwork, that we will see God's acts of salvation there all through the lives of these peoples and all through the lives of these individuals as well. But as we listen to those names, it would be easy for us to miss something else that I believe that Matthew is trying to communicate to us. Something else that Matthew wants us to know and wants us to hold on to. I believe that Matthew is also saying to us when we hear those names in Jesus' genealogy that God did not always choose the best and the brightest. God did not always choose the noblest or the well-known. 
God did not always choose the good and the perfect in order to accomplish God's purposes. God did not always choose those who were completely pure in heart to carry out God's divine plan and God's purposes for this world. There is no mention in this genealogy of Sarah or Rebecca or Rachel. Instead, in Matthew's gospel, we get Tamar, a Canaanite woman who disguised herself as a prostitute. And if you want to find out why she's in this story, I encourage you to go to the book of Genesis in chapter 38, and you can read all about it. But she is included. Included in this story is Rahab, who not, did not dis, uh, disguise herself as a prostitute, but rather was a prostitute, was a harlot. And there are those who would say uh, in some traditions that she was merely an innkeeper because we can't quite wrap our minds around the fact that she may indeed have been a woman who was a prostitute. She's also a Canaanite woman. She is included. Also included is Ruth, who is a Moabite, and also included in the story is Bathsheba, even though she is listed as the wife of Uriah. She is the one who gave birth to, to Solomon, who was David's son, who became king over Israel. You may not find Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and, and some of these others who are mentioned when you go to the tomb of the patriarchs in Hebron uh, where some of us have gone. But Matthew found it important to include them in this genealogy of Jesus. Somehow he is telling us that Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the son of Abraham, Jesus, the son of David, included in his genealogy are all these people who are a part of God's mighty acts of salvation. And that for us is good news. They are included because God was able to use each of them to bring about God's redemptive acts, God's redemptive purposes in our world not because of their goodness, not because of their merit, but because of God's goodness, because of God's mercy. And so when we read the story of the birth of Jesus in the infancy narratives in Matthew's gospel and in Luke's gospel, there's so much for us to see, so much for us to hear, and so much for us to glean and understand from what the gospel writers are trying to tell us. Jesus, the Messiah, was revealed in glorious splendor to shepherds in a field. Jesus was born to Mary, a virgin, a young maiden who said the Lord has looked upon the lowliness of his servant. We see Jesus raised by a carpenter, a laborer, if you will, whom God spoke to in a dream. We see Jesus placed in the arms of an elderly, devout, righteous man by the name of Simeon that he might be dedicated and blessed. We see Jesus praised by Anna, a fasting, praying prophet of old, 84 years old, telling everyone who would hear it that the child had been born, telling everyone who longed for the redemption of Israel that this child has been born to us. 
She shared the good news. She shared it with all who would hear it. We see Jesus born in a small town called Bethlehem as foretold by the prophets of old that by no means were they least among the rulers of Judah. The beauty of Epiphany for me, though, is that God wasn't finished expanding God's family. Jesus would be made known to the nations because, as we said in our prayer, of one blood, God made all the nations. And so by a star in the east, God revealed to all peoples him whose name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God spoke through the prophet Isaiah saying, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation might reach to the ends of the earth. The Messiah has come. But the Messiah has come for all people, Jew and Gentile alike, wealthy and poor, people of all ages and ethnicities, people of every land and people of every language. For all of us, Christ has come. The good news, brothers and sisters, is that Christ came for all of them. And the good news is that not only are they included, but you are included too. Just like them, you are included not because you are the best and the brightest, though you may be, not because you are noble and well-known, though you may be that as well, not because you are good or perfect or pure, but because God's goodness, God's grace, and God's mercy are extended to all people. During the Epiphany season, one of the songs that many of us know well is that song, We Three Kings. We Three Kings of Orient are, you know, and we, we, we sing that song and, and it's, it's shaped by and informs our traditions of the Epiphany season. But I hope I don't ruin it for too many of you because nowhere in the text does it tell us that there were three kings nor does it even tell us where they came from. We're simply told that there were magi or wise men who came from the east. But according to tradition, they have received the names of Caspar and Melchior and Balthazar, representing different parts of the world, different lands where these uh, people have come from. And there is even a tomb of the patriarchs in Germany. At one point, it was in uh, their, their remains, it was believed and told according to tra tradition, was in Constantinople, and then in Milan, and then finally in Germany. And I started to think about that, and, and I said, maybe they, that journey <laughs> never ended. They just keep traveling, and they're still traveling now. But the reality is, so much of what we have been told actually comes to us from tradition. I think it is assumed that they were three because they brought three gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And how does the song put it? Gold to represent a gift for royalty for a king. Born a king on Bethlehem's plain. Gold I bring to crown him again. King forever ceasing never over us all to reign. 
frankincense, symbolizing an offering to a deity, an offering to God. Frankincense to offer I have, incense owns a deity nigh. Prayer and praising, voices raising, worshiping God on high. Myrrh is mine, its bitter perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone-cold tomb. But as beautiful as the poetry is, as strong as our traditions are, there are some simple truths in this passage of Scripture that all of us should hold on to. The first is obvious that Christ came for all. Not for those, simply for those who were a chosen people who God had been in covenant with throughout the ages, but Christ came for all. There's a Christmas carol that has grown on me over the years, and I was surprised to learn that it is one of the most beloved carols, uh, Christmas carols, especially upon uh, for those who are musicians and, and uh, those who are organists and, and uh, the like. And that is uh, Christina Rossetti's In the Bleak Midwinter. It is an absolutely beautiful poem, but I think what I love about it is that last verse of the song because it poses a question. You see, We Three Kings is sung from the perspective of the Magi. It is fanciful, it is beautiful, it is mystical, and it is meaningful. But there's something about putting it in our language and contemplating who we are called to be. And so Christina Rossetti writes, what can I give him, poor as I am? What can I give him? What can you give him? What can I give him poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I, can, I have, I give him. I give him my heart. The Magi may have given three gifts of immeasurable worth, but the gifts that move me most that I see in the Magi are these. First of all, they started where they were. They looked to the heavens in order to see what God was doing on earth. They looked up and so much of our lives can be transformed when we begin to look to the heavens, when we begin to, to look to the skies and to wonder what it is that God is calling us to do on the ground and the facts on the ground here in the real world. And so they looked to the heavens, but they began a journey, not knowing where this journey would lead them. But I want to say this, and that is that it was not just some aimless journey. They were not merely wanderers, if you will. Their journey was a spiritual journey. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. It was for a particular person, and it was for a particular purpose that they began this journey, looking for the one who is born king of the Jews. 
It was after they left Herod, we're told that when the star appeared to them again and it guided them, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. As Christ leads us, as the Spirit leads us, as we are being drawn closer and closer to God on our spiritual journey, we are people who experience more and more joy with each step of our journey. It is a spiritual journey with a purpose. And going into the house, we're told, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. From the Magi, we can learn what true worship is truly like. It is not like the maniacal Herod the Great who claimed that he too wanted to worship Jesus. But already in the back of his mind, he was hatching a scheme and he would do anything to hold on to his power. He would do anything just as he had executed his own wife and two of his own sons. So too anyone who was a threat to his power, anyone who was a threat to his privilege, anyone who was a threat to his position and his status in this world was subject to his schemes and his wiles and would be destroyed. It was not beyond him to destroy innocent life as we would soon learn in verses 13 and following in Matthew chapter 2. But we see in the Magi that they not only paid homage to him, they worshipped him, they revered him, they bowed down and worshipped him, and they offered gifts. They offered gifts that represented a great sacrifice, not only the deity, not only the kingship, not only uh, the myrrh and its bitter perfume that might be used uh, as an ointment uh, when someone was buried after they had died, but they offered their very selves, worshiping him. And they continued to be open to the ways that God was leading them as they were warned in a dream not to go back that way. And they returned home, we're told, another way. We are to enter into a relationship with God. We are to be on that spiritual journey. We are to, to worship God and fall before him. We are to offer our gifts, but ultimately our lives are to be transformed. Transform that so that we leave, that whenever we go into the world, we go a different way, not the way of Herod, not the way of the powers of this world and the powers that be, but the way of God, the way of Christ, that way that God is leading us should always be a different way. And people should know that we have been in the presence of the divine. In another gospel, we are told that, yes, the places where we might worship are important to God, but what God really wants is God wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. The story of Epiphany is that we are all adopted into God's marvelous, beautiful, wonderful family. It is that we too are included into God's mighty acts of salvation when we yield our hearts to him. It is that we too have something to give, perhaps not gold or frankincense or myrrh, but we can give our hearts to God. We can give our hearts to Christ. We can love him. We can love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
but we can also love our neighbor as ourselves. So what can we give him? We can give him our hearts. The question before us is who in our community needs to be included? Who are we perhaps missing that God intends to be a part of this beautiful salvation story? See, the tricky thing about opening your heart to God is that you have to open it to others as well. The tricky thing about giving your heart to Christ is that you have to give your heart to others as well. That is how the table expands. That is how our family grows. That is how the beloved community is built. What can I give him? I give him my heart. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gary Church Podcast. If you would do us a favor by rating and reviewing us on the application you are using, it would be a huge help. Also, share our podcast with a friend. Thank you so much. And now receive this blessing. May the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the power of God the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.